Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. Teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi guys, how's everyone doing? I've had a lovely week this week. It was my three year anniversary and me and my fiance went and stayed over in a spa and we couldn't believe how lovely the staff were. They they gave us like this cute little card with that said happy anniversary in it. Um, and then they upgraded us to a suite, <laughs> which was the most huge, gorgeous suite ever. It was amazing. And then at dinner, they came and brought us these like, happy anniversary dessert with like candles and stuff and it was amazing it was such a lovely way to start the week and we felt so spoiled and then in my group coaching program I've been busy talking all about fear of rejection and what we make other people's actions and then rejecting us or accepting us mean about us and how that can create fear and anxiety which is always a really juicy topic to manage our minds around so it's been a great week But for today's podcast episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about compromise. And more specifically, when is the right time to compromise versus when you shouldn't? And you know, there's a lot of black and white relationship advice out there that just tells us compromise is key and you should always find a compromise. Compromise is important. And you know, any good couple will always meet in the middle. But is that really true? Is compromising always the best thing to do, even if it's not what you really want? And like most of my advice and what you hear on this podcast, I can't offer you a simple checklist with a clear black and white answer to that question. This work is all about uncovering what feels right for you in your specific situations. But in this episode, I'm going to offer you my nuanced take on how you can begin to work that out for yourself. So I believe that compromise is a beautiful thing if both parties want to, and it's fueled by genuine positive emotion and as we know emotions are always fueled by our thoughts so really what I'm talking about here is the reasons in our brain for us compromising for us doing or not doing something that creates an emotional experience in our bodies an emotional experience of that thing of that compromise so let's look at an example let's say your partner wants you to come and spend time with their family once a week with them Maybe once a week feels a bit much to you, but you'd be more than happy to do it once every couple of weeks. Great, you're happy to do something you know your partner would like, and you feel happy to do it. Win-win. But imagine if that's not actually something that you want. You don't want to hang out with their family more than once every couple of months because you really just want to prioritise seeing your own friends and family, and you struggle to keep up with doing that as it is. If your reason for saying yes and compromising came from the thought, they'll be mad at me if I don't, I have to, to be a good partner. I don't want to lose them, so I'm going to do this so that they're not upset with me. That won't create a positive emotion. It's going to create a feeling of obligation, maybe even a bit of resentment in your body. That compromise is not going to feel good to you. It's actually going against what you truly want. It doesn't feel good or authentic. You're doing it from a place of negative emotion and this creates huge amounts of disconnection in the relationship. Now, as you know, if you've listened to my podcast before, 
The premise of this work is that we can change our thinking about anything at all, which is totally true. So sure, you could totally change your thoughts about going and spending time with a family and then go and do it. That is an option. But my question remains, why? And do you like your reasons for that? Because if we choose to do something or change our thoughts about something for a good reason, one that we like and feels aligned with our values and who we want to be in the world, that's going to be a great experience versus doing something from a place of pressure, obligation and resentment. And I'll give you another example from one of my clients in the last round of the group coaching program that I do, the, the 12 week group coaching program. She wanted her partner to text her more often. He naturally texts her maybe two, three times a day, maybe once in the morning, maybe once at lunchtime, maybe once on his way home. And then they maybe have a phone call in the evening or they they text a little bit more then. But my client wanted more texts. She knew he would be sat at his desk scrolling on Instagram while being at work. And she didn't understand why if he could do that, why couldn't he be texting her more? Why couldn't he drop her a text and fill her in on his day or ask more questions about hers? She said that if he cared about her, surely he'd compromise on this and at least try. And sure, he totally could have. And I think he did try for a few days, but would soon go back to his usual pattern of texting because that's what was normal and natural for him. Now, she made this mean that he didn't care about her. The fact he wasn't able to meet her or at least increase his texting even slightly meant to her that he didn't really care about her feelings. This is a really common way of thinking that's kind of baked into a lot of relationship discourse and a lot of what we read online. That if someone cares about you, they will change their behaviour, even if in doing so that means behaving in ways that don't feel natural and authentic to them and don't feel good to them. Now, if she'd have asked him and his thoughts had been, yeah, sure, that sounds fine. I'm not that bothered about that. I can totally text more. That's not a problem for me. Then great, we would have had a (laughs) win-win. She wanted him to text more. He was happy to text more. That would have been a perfect want match, (laughs) a win-win. Now, what seemed to have been happening here was his reasons were not fueled by genuine positive emotion. And this wasn't really something that felt good to him. Hence why he wasn't able to keep the behaviour up. It didn't feel natural. He lightly agreed to try because he knew she'd be upset with him if he didn't. But in all honesty, his preference was just to catch up on the phone when he got home from work or tell each other about their days when they were in person. In this situation, you can see him compromising from a place of pressure and obligation was not going to create the results she wanted. She wanted to get texts from him so that she could feel more connected to him. But instead, he was feeling disconnected. He was feeling pressured and obligated to text her, which is really not a very connected feeling. (laughs) And this is because compromising from a place of resentment and obligation will only create disconnection. But compromising from a place of genuine authenticity and love will create connection. And often when our partners aren't happy to compromise, we can feel really angry and entitled. We make it mean that they're a terrible partner and that they're doing something wrong, which by the way, is totally unnecessary. So keeping with this same example, when I coached my client on what she was making this mean, that he wasn't texting her, she said that she felt like he didn't care enough about her. So we got curious about that for a while. Is that really true? 
and my client began to see that there was actually a lot of ways he showed he cared about her. He always asked her about her day and showed interest. He was really loving and supportive towards her. He'd always be really attentive and caring on the phone. So just because he hadn't been willing to compromise on this didn't actually need to be made into a problem at all. She could just choose to believe he still loved and cared about her and that this was just his preference. He just wasn't into texting. No big deal. And we also then looked at what she was feeling she needed the text for so badly anyway and coached on how she could create those feelings of security and confidence without him texting her. And if you're wondering how you can do that, I recommend heading to my episode all about manuals, um, which would be really useful. That's episode seven of this podcast. But it's really important to understand that compromising from a place of resentment means that nobody wins. Try and think about a time where you've compromised and done something that you don't really want to do just to try and please somebody else. How did you feel? Did you feel love and connected to that person or did you feel put out and annoyed? We soon become people pleasers, not being honest and acting out of fear of losing the relationship instead of from a place of genuine authenticity. So let's look at another example and this is actually one for my own relationship. My partner and I have agreed that we want to have a child. Now, I initially said I wanted two, that's the number I would have liked to have, while my partner has never been as into the idea of having children as I am and definitely didn't want two. (laughs) She said she'd be happy to have one, but not two. Now, I could totally have decided that that was a deal breaker for me, that I wanted two children and that that was something that was important enough for me to end the relationship. And that would have been fine if that was my genuine feeling about that. That would have been a perfectly fine decision for me to make. But my reason for compromising was I love her and I know I want a family with her and I know I can be just as happy with one child as I can with two. So compromising on that feels really good to me. I don't resent her. I don't feel pressured or obligated. I'm totally happy to meet her in the middle. But if I had been making that decision from a place of fear of losing her, or fear of, if I don't make this relationship work, I'll never find someone else, or pressure, or obligation, or maybe in the hopes that she'd maybe one day change her mind, that would be a recipe for disaster. Just like if she didn't really want one child and was only agreeing out of pressure and obligation to try and meet me, that again would not have been a win-win. This is why getting really honest with yourself about your why, your reasons for doing something, is so important. And ask your partner to be just as honest. Don't let them agree to something that you want out of pressure or obligation. Make sure it's a genuine hell yes from that. A lot of mainstream relationship advice implies that if two people care about each other enough, they will always be willing to compromise. But I do not believe that's true. What I believe is really loving and caring for someone is wanting them to be their true authentic self. And if doing things that I'd like them to do feels good to them, then that's a win-win. But if doing things that I'd like them to do feels bad to them or not authentic, then that's a lose-lose because I don't want an inauthentic relationship. I don't want to be people-pleased. So rather than trying to force our partners to behave in ways we like or forcing ourselves to do things that we don't really want to do, instead we need to get clear on and make sure we love our reasons for compromising 
and clean up our thinking about what we make them not compromising mean. And so first of all, I'm going to offer you some questions to help you decide what you want and whether you're happy to compromise. So ask yourself, what are my reasons for wanting to compromise on this? How do those reasons feel in my body? Do they feel good? Is it a positive emotion? Do they feel pretty terrible? Do I like those reasons for compromising? If what they're asking for doesn't feel good to me, what would feel better to me that I could suggest instead? Really check in with your body. Does this feel good and aligned or does this feel restricting and not good at all? Sometimes we're afraid of being honest about our preferences because we're so afraid of what they might think or feel or even of losing them. And if this resonates, episode 11 on fearing people being upset with you might be a good one for you to listen to. And also episode 17 on handling scary what-if thoughts. That will really help you dive into that a little bit deeper. But remember, living life inauthentically out of fear of losing someone means we've already lost the relationship. Because the relationship we're having isn't a real authentic one. Because the you they like isn't even the real you. It's a fake, curated, people-pleasing version of you. And so for those of you who have partners who aren't compromising or who aren't willing to compromise on something in particular, here's some questions to ask yourself. What am I making it mean that this isn't a desire that we share? Is that really true? What else could I make it mean? Can I accept and appreciate them for being true to themselves on this? Once I've cleaned up my thoughts around what I make this mean, is this thing really a deal breaker for me? And that last question is an important one. Sometimes certain things our partners might not want to compromise on might end up being deal breakers for us. And accepting that is hard, but really important. I do an episode on want matches, which talks about this in a lot more detail and about how if the key things we want from a relationship aren't a match for what the other person wants, we need to question if this is the relationship we really want to be in and pursue. Is this thing important enough to me that I'd be willing to leave and find someone else who does want this thing, who is genuinely happy to do it, who is a hell yeah for meeting me on this? So if this is where you're at, head to episode 37 on want matches for more details and and that'll be a really good episode for you to listen to. Okay guys, that's all I've got for you today. And can I ask you to do something for me? Could you go ahead and give this podcast a little rating on whatever platform you're listening from? This is how I can keep reaching more people and spreading the word of this work. And then maybe go share it with a friend who you think would really enjoy it. And finally, if you're listening to this and you're really resonating with the way I talk about relationships and mind management, I think you'd love my 12-week group coaching program called Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. We dig into all these tools and concepts on a deeper level, and I teach you how to manage your mind and emotional experience in all kinds of relationships and situations without trying to control and micromanage anyone around you, without trying to control your friends, family, partner, or the future. So if you think this may be for you, it won't be launching until September, but you will want to go and get yourself on the waitlist just to make sure you don't miss out on any information about it and that you don't miss out on the 24-hour discount that is offered as soon as doors open. So head to the information section of this episode and I'll drop the link in there to get on the waitlist. And I'll also put a link with all the details about the programme. But if you have any other questions, be sure to come find me on Instagram at Rebecca or Coaching. 
Okay, guys, have an amazing weekend and I will speak to you all next week. Bye. If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs. 